Okay, frankincense. Okay. Come on, guys, a little, in, a little enthusiasm here, okay? And when I say myrrh, you're going to say, what in the world is myrrh? Okay, myrrh. All right, myrrh's got it. You guys have got it. All right. Well, a long, long, long time ago, there were wise men in faraway lands, and these were very, very smart men. And they studied the skies and the stars, but more importantly, they studied what God prophesied, meaning what he predicted was going to happen. And they knew that God had promised that one day a king would come, a savior who would save everybody. So for many, many years, they watched for a special sign. And then finally one day, this great big star started shining in the sky. And this was brighter than any star they had ever seen. So they knew that this had to be the sign. So they gathered their gifts of gold, frankincense, come on guys, that smells nice, and myrrh. Come on. All right, you guys got to get on it now. So they set out on their journey. Now, these seem like weird gifts for a baby, I know, but this was Jesus, and these were special gifts. So gold, well, that was expensive, and it was worth a lot, and it was a good gift for a king. And frankincense, well, that was a type of incense that they burned in the temple during worship. It helped worship be more special. And myrrh, well, myrrh was a special spice that they used when people died. But that's kind of sad and dark, so we won't go into any more of that because it's Christmas. But anyway, so the wise men gathered their gifts, and they took off on a very long journey. And they walked, and they walked, and they walked, and they kept following the star. And as they were following the star, they eventually came up to King Herod. Now, King Herod was not a good guy. He was mean, and he was evil. He had an evil heart. And he saw these wise men with these gifts, and he said, hmm, what's with the gold? And, and, and what about the, what's with the frankincense? And why in the world do you have myrrh? Well, the wise men were excited, and so they, they told him all about the star and how God had said that he was going to send a king, and they were following the star to find this king so they could worship him. Well, that made Herod really mad because Herod was the king, and he didn't want anybody else to be king. But he didn't want the wise men to know, so he said, Oh, well, please, when you, after you meet him, come and tell me all about it and tell me where he is because I want to go and worship him too. So they said, Okay, and they set off. They continued their journey carrying their gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they walked and they walked, and they finally ended up in Bethlehem, where they found Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And they were so excited, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And they opened up and gave him their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Well, they had a great time meeting King Jesus. Well, after they met him, while they were still in Bethlehem, 
they had a dream. And in the dream, they were told that Herod was not a good man and that they needed to go home a different way so they wouldn't see Herod. So because they were wise, they obeyed the dream, and they went home another way so they didn't have to see Herod and report back to him. They were very wise men to follow that advice. And they were also wise because they followed God's promise. They knew that God promised a king, a savior, and they never gave up trying to find him. And they followed that star. And they took the gifts that they had to him. Now, God wants you to follow him just like those wise men followed God's, um, his promise. And you don't have to have fancy, expensive gifts that smell good or are shiny to give Jesus. You just have to give him your heart. And that is the only gift he needs from you at Christmas or every other day. Well, thank you, guys. You did a great job. Give yourselves a round of applause. All right. You can keep your wise men if you want, or you don't have to, whatever you want to do. You can, you can go back to your parents now, okay? You did a great job. I think we're done. We appreciate our children helping us out, and uh, I think the parents would have just, they would have liked to got in on that too, because I, I kept hearing ooh gold behind me, I, so I, I think the adults would have liked to got into that too. I want to take just a moment to share with you from God's Word. You know, I made a statement this morning that I think some of you may have found kind of uh, strange for this time of year, but for a pastor preaching during the holidays, Christmas and Easter specifically, can be very difficult because everyone is so familiar with the event. And so oftentimes we think of, well, if we're going to be talking about uh, Christmas, we need to be in the book of first part of Matthew or first part of Luke. And if we're going to be talking about the uh, Christmas, uh, the, excuse me, the Easter resurrection, then we need to be in the latter parts of the Gospels. And, and that's very much true. And tonight we're actually going to be in the first part of the book of Matthew. But I also made the statement that this entire book is about Christmas and Easter. It's not just a passage or a Gospel or a, a particular book within the Bible, but the entire book is about Christmas and Easter. And so tonight, I want to share with you some things that you probably already know, you may be very familiar with, but I want to remind us tonight, one more time, of why this season is so special to us. There's Matthew's Gospel in Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse number 18, he gives us the conception and the birth of Jesus. Here's what the Bible says. Now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream 
saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife, but he kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. There's a poem that was written years ago by H.R. Bramley that I want to share with you. A babe on the breast of a maiden lies. He sits with his father enthroned in the skies. Before him their faces the seraphim hide. Yet Joseph stands waiting unscared by his side. The world in the bliss of the Godhead remains. Yet comes to earth to suffer the keenest of pains. The maker of all things is made of the earth. Man is worshipped by angels, and God comes to birth. O wonder of wonders, which none could unfold, the ancient of days is an hour or two old. He is what he was and ever shall be. He became what he was not for you and for me. Just think the Creator confined himself to a single cell in a womb, which he had fashioned himself. The maker of the trees, the one who placed all things in their place, put the grains in the fields, was gently laid in a manger of wood and straw. When he was born, he was as old as his father and infinitely older than his mother. It is, in fact, these things that warrant a close examination of who Christ is. And so I want to remind us of just three things very quickly tonight as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. I, I first want to remind us of the miraculous conception. It's important that we understand and, and believe and accept the truth that he was born of a virgin, that that he was born to a woman who was pure. You see, that miraculous conception of Jesus will ultimately shape our view about his sinless life and about his deity. If we begin to question that one part, that one truth, it can unravel everything else about who Jesus is and what he came to do. The reason so many have lost their reverence for God is that we have lost our awe of the, the miraculous conception. We've downplayed and glossed the miracle that Jesus could be born of a virgin. And we've pushed it away as trivial when it really is a hinchpin to the truth of his deity and his divinity. 
we have to remember that it was a miraculous conception that the Holy Spirit of God, as spoken of here in the book of Matthew, overshadowed her. And that it was through that great miracle that Christ was conceived. So we need to remember that truth of the miraculous conception because it is vitally important. So we're not only reminded of that, but we're reminded of his meaningful name. You see, we call him Lord, and we call him Christ, and those are his titles. But his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is significant because of what it means. It's the Greek equivalent to the Hebrew name Yeshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. You see, his, his name declared his mission. He was given that name for a, a divine reason. It wasn't just a name that was pulled from the air or, or chosen for the way it, it, it sounded rolling off of the lips of mother and father. It was chosen because it spoke of his mission, of why he came. Every time we speak the name Jesus, we talk about and we, we are celebrating who he is and what he's done for us. He came to save his people from his sins. That's what we find the angel not only told Joseph but also told Mary, that this child that they would have, that they would hold together, would be the Savior of the world. He will save his people from their sins. We need to remember the name, Jesus. It's not just a name that should be spoken lightly. It's not a name that's meant to be taken in vain. It's not a name that's been, that is to be used flippantly. It is a name that is sacred and it is holy because it is the name that God chose to name that child that would come, his son. His name is Jesus. But then the third thing I want to remind us of tonight is of his magnificent person. We, We know that the miraculous conception tells us that he was holy and divine. We know that his name tells us that he was born to be the savior of the world, but the magnificent person of him is seen as, as we hear the angel proclaiming to Joseph that there would be a, a son born and he's going to save his people from his sins. And then we're told that all of that took place because Isaiah the prophet had been given this prophecy. Behold, the virgin shall bear a child. There is that miraculous conception. And bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Wait a minute, Tommy. Didn't you just say that his name is Jesus? Yes, it is. But we have... Don't all of us have those special names for our children that no one else calls them? They're our names for our children. God's name for His Son is Emmanuel. 
we know him as Jesus, God looks at him and says, he is Emmanuel. While Jesus was his given name, Emmanuel was his father's title for him because it means God with us. And it speaks to his divinity, but it also speaks to his humanity. God with us. John, the apostle, would go on to write these words in his, in, in his letter. He would say, we have felt him, we have touched him, we had heard his voice, we've seen his miracles. He is 100% God, but he is also 100% man. There's no wonder Charles Wesley penned these words. In the song that we often sing this time of year, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, here's the words that he penned. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of a virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus is our Emmanuel. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for these truths that are so important to us because they pull back the veil and reveal to us the truth of who Jesus is. How he came not of an ordinary birth. How he was given not an ordinary name. And how his person was so magnificent that it outshined any that had ever walked on this planet before and ever after. Lord, we thank you for loving us so much that you would give your only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Father, it is my humble prayer that in this room tonight that each person sitting here knows this one that we have spoken of so intimately tonight, that they know him personally, not just as a character in a story, not just as a persona that we talk about this time of year, but a, but a relationship that is real and intimate. And Lord, how I pray that if they don't know him, that tonight will be the night that Jesus, Emmanuel, will be born in their hearts, that they may know him as we know him and celebrate his birth. Thank you, Jesus, for being our Emmanuel. And it's in your precious name, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. One of the things that we enjoy most about this service and this season is the lighting of candles. It's a special time for us because it reminds us of so many things. It reminds us that Jesus is the light of the world. And folks, can I tell you something? And many of you already know this because you've, you've experienced it. When you're walking through your darkest valley, you need a light. And he's still the light of the world. When you're walking 
in your deepest, darkest valley. So tonight we celebrate the light of the world. We're going to light our candles together. And the way we're going to do it, I, I'd say this every year, but please, for those of you that are, have been with us, don't, don't, don't grow tired of hearing this, but it's for our own benefit. We don't want anybody getting burned. We ask that those whose candles are lit remain upright. Those who are lighting the candles, light them this way, okay? That way we make sure no one gets burned. We don't, we don't want to start any fires and have anybody injured tonight, okay? This is a celebration. We don't want anything bad to happen. So I want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to invite Nancy up, if she will. We have some videos that are going to be playing as we begin to light the candles together. So I'm going to encourage you. We're going to light the candles for those of you that are on the inside of the aisles. And we invite you to help us by lighting the candles for the others that are along the, uh, the, the pew where you're sitting. A brilliant light pierced the darkness on that first Christmas night. It wasn't the immense star so bright that intrigued experts of the night sky to follow it. It wasn't even the multitude of angelic messengers with a light so intense, so radiant, it frightened brave shepherds to fall to their knees. No, this light was far greater, more powerful than every star and every sun. This light was a baby, a tiny newborn wrapped in cloth lying in a manger where animals feed. A baby named Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Because Jesus was a gift for each one of us. And he arrived with a purpose, to shine light into all dark places. You see, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. A light that shows us there is no place you can go that can escape God's love. No dark corner where his love cannot find you. A light that has the power to cut through any darkness, to calm the most anxious thoughts, and to fill every heart with unspeakable joy. There is a light that shines brightly in the darkness, and his name is Jesus, light of the world. So
to lead us in a closing prayer and then Nancy's going to lead us in a song that will be uh, the end of our service tonight and at the end of this song you are invited to extinguish your candles and if you will do us uh, that favor of dropping them back in the container as you step outside. Let's pray together. Father God thank you again for this glorious night when we pause as the family of God as Friends, as neighbors, as acquaintances, maybe even people we've met for the first time, that tonight we could pause to say thank you for the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for what this night means to us. Thank you for what this night represents in our lives. But thank you, Lord Jesus, that ultimately what it means is that salvation came to us who were undeserving, that were unfit that you came and you loved us and you lived among us and you died for us. You rose again in victory and one day, one day soon, you're coming to receive us again. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen.